Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page or one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Chris Sanchez. Chris is the assistant editor at Mad Cave Studio. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Chris, thanks so much for, for joining us and agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, why don't you start us off with a quick bio about yourself and your, your role at uh, Mad Cave Studios? Uh, well, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, <clears throat> thanks for you guys for having me on. Um, I'm Chris Sanchez. I am an editor at Mad Cave Studios. I came, uh, I've been always been reading comics and in love of comics and storytelling. Um, so when I went to school for sort of writing and creative writing and I came back, I basically went back home, uh, to look for a job because, uh, college is not free. <laughs> uh, uh, Mad Cave Studios was uh, sort of hiring an assistant, um, like an office assistant aide. Um, so I joined them then. That was about so about two years ago at this point, maybe like a year and a half. Um, and then once I got into a job and just sort of learning more, um, they bumped me up to uh, social media. And basically I was running social media for eight or so months. Uh, until a need arose for an editor um, and Morris London, uh, the CEO, my boss, and overall really cool guy, uh, decided, hey, you have the chops to be to do this editing thing. And me, I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure, I do. Uh, now, now we're here and and yeah, editing a whole bunch of stuff. Awesome, very cool, very cool. Um, so you you went to school for for a writing background? Was that? Uh, was that just sort of like a like a like a general English like uh, writing or you know English degree or was that was there any speciality into like sequential art or, or writing for comics? Um, no, it was a creative writing, um, but that like I had a couple cl- I had a I had a class of comics classes, I had screenwriting classes. There was there was a lot of like just different um, for mediums um, in this in these classes, and my one thing. Um, in, in a lot of those classes was there was mainly workshopping and workshopping is kind of editing in a way because you're just, um, getting to read other people's work, getting to read natural own work and seeing, um, what other people see in it. And so I take a lot of what I do now, um, from those sort of like workshopping group sessions of just like, oh, okay, here's how to pick apart. Here's how to, um, here's how to know what how this doesn't work or and especially um i find that especially important for um working with creators and seeing how they view a scene and how i view a scene how we view characters and how um it's especially important to like take notes from each other that's really cool do you think that was sort of uh do you still have aspirations to be a writer or was that sort of a moment where you're like i really i really dig this editing gig um, I, I don't anymore, really. I, I really, really enjoy editing. And yeah. as, soon as, as soon as I always love the workshop classes more than like say just, Oh, Hey, here, go out and like do this thing. I was, I always like talking to creators about the process and sort of really just talking about storytelling and character and plot and all this, even if it wasn't my own. Um, and I definitely, um, then especially now with editing, now that I have this thing, I, I really, really enjoy just like getting to talk to creators and seeing how they view this, how they view this plot point or how they view this character and seeing how I can come in and like, you know, make my, make a tweak here or make a suggestion here and sort of 
um, help the story along. And especially, I also really, really uh, love, uh, I've always loved art and animation and uh, you have comics, you have to love art. So getting to work on sort of both sides of that, uh, getting to work with both an artist and a writer um, and sort of being the middleman there and coming together and making this one cohesive vision. That's really cool. That's really, that's really, really cool. So uh, how many, how many titles are there currently at, uh, at Mad Cave? Uh, published or being produced? Uh, I guess maybe just start with uh, published. Okay. Published. So we have currently, I am um, counting on my hands. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Battle Cats, Midnight. Honor and Curse, Knights of the Golden Sun, Show's End. I believe we have five titles published, with not counting like volume twos. Okay. Um, yeah, not counting volume twos. I think I believe we have five. Um, with in the next two months, we're gonna have two more releasing. Cool. And are there certain titles that you work on, or do you work uh, do you work across the board on all of them? Uh, Currently, uh, I've I've worked various like proof uh, proofreading for a number for a number of issues mm -hmm. uh, here and there. Like I did some proofreading for Battle Cats and uh, Show Zen. I did some proofreading here and there, but really, really the ones that I'm like editing from the ground up, um, they're probably not going to see the light of day till a couple months, <laughs> if not like a year from now. Well, that's exciting. That's, that's how really comics uh, comes is um, as soon as I got, I got brought on board to, um, mainly because we saw a huge influx of like, uh, of like big projects and big stuff going on. And they're like, Oh, there's, there's stuff that needs that's now just now starting production instead of like production that was already like a year behind that we're now uh, working towards. Um, so we're, we're just getting the ball rolling on that. And that's when I sort of took over um, a lot of the little projects there. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like six months to a year that are going to be like my main that I've worked from the ground up, but I have been a voice in sort of editorial now for about uh, two months or so. Um, and I'm always proofreading and um, the other um, main editor, uh, Chris Fernandez, me and him and Geo editor in chief always bounce each other bounce ideas off each other all the time that's really cool so um how at mad cave do you guys publish issue by issue or do you guys just publish like say the trade or like the volumes um outright oh we go issue by issue and then collect okay. it uh collect it and trade after okay that's really great and so like when you're talking about like volume ones and volume twos do you guys yeah. try to like have like uh is that sort of the model across stories where you have like one complete arc in one volume and then the second complete arc in the next volume? Is that something you guys try to stick to? Uh, yes. For our um, sort of main books, uh, sort of the books that we've like flagshipped and sort of carry on and actually are like uh, sort of face uh, that we think of our brand, like Battle Cats and Knights of Golden Sun and Honor and Curse, those we see getting um, volume twos and have planned for them to get volume twos um stuff like uh like our talent search um ips like shozen over the ropes um those things uh, there's not a planned volume two there could be later on down the road but as we see them now they're minis um 
but even then it's we're constantly uh, getting more more and more things in production and you never know when something's gonna pop and then when something does pop it's it's sort of like okay it's sort of like a wait and see moment that's really cool as far as your role editorially are you so you're looking at the scripts that the writers turn in um and then are you also like uh do you are you sort of like the go between between the artists and the writers where the artists send you the art before they send uh the writer the art and then you pass it on to the writer or um is it sort of an all-inclusive discussion when you guys are looking at the art uh depends on my relationship with the writer and artist okay um, that's really a sort of uh right now i have um I think I have over five books uh, that I'm editing currently. Uh, and I would say that a lot of them are where the writer and artist and we're working uh, and me and we're working in tandem and we're sort of like seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, seeing like that. But some of them are just like, okay, they turned in the script. I'm going to get that to an artist. And then I get, I work with the artist on layouts and then going from the pencils and ink stages, and then if there's the colorist, so if I need to get that to a colorist, I work then on that. Um, that in, certain, in those certain cases, I am the middleman, um, especially on a lot of cases where there's some freelance writers and they don't um, necessarily um, signed up for that or have the time to do um, just full on working with artists. Then that would then that's like my job to be like, okay, I'm going to take over now and this and sort of thing. And so we have uh, done our part in the script. Um, now it's time for my uh, just working with artists and doing what I can do. That's really cool. And do you guys have like, uh, do you ever have writers coming in that have their artists already picked out or do you guys like to pick the artists yourselves? Um, it, that's another, we have, uh, we have some that I always take when I'm, um, when I'm at, when I'm going, um, say to a writer and saying, Hey, here's a pitch. Uh, we want you to develop this for us. Um, I always take to heart if they have a specific artist in mind or if they have a specific, uh, vision or style that they want to choose. And then I go ahead and either look for that artist or look for that kind of style of artist, or if they have already an artist in mind, I, uh, I ask them and sort of reach out to that artist and see if we can make the budgets work, see if um, the page rates are right, see if they have time to do it. Everyone, in co everyone making comics is, is busy all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a clear, a clear thing that needs to be discussed. Um, but yeah, I always take into account if the writer has a specific idea. Or if I already have an artist in mind and doesn't necessarily um, work with what the writer is thinking, I you know I try to make it work and see how best I can make this project go. That's really cool. So for something like uh, Show's End, which is one of your new series, I think maybe uh, the 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 first issue is is currently out. If if I have that correct, um, do you do you have like? like sort of like behind the scenes is everything planned out like is it four or five issues or do you sort of have like a uh, like an overall document about like where you want to be at the end and like you're you're still working on like plot points within like the the issues to come or is it like you know airtight like you know issue two issue three everything is is already lined up or is it sort of a little nebulous, but you have like the, the ending in mind. How, how does that work? 
so currently right now shows and uh, yeah, every the writing aspect of it is done okay um, awesome. we're working um generally when we uh go when we release uh, issue one by the time uh that issue one's released we would already have two and three um issues two and three already done um and but and for those specific series like Shozen, rv9 and um over the ropes those were planned five issues minis okay um so and the writing the writing is done on all of them yeah the writing is done on all of them so it's really just up to the art teams uh, we generally like to work ahead because we find that the most important thing you can do as an indie publisher is be on time yeah that is the number one thing um of course quality is also there but being on time and making sure retailers trust you is a huge important thing um so we like to try to stay ahead and try to account for any missteps or mistakes um, by being very much ahead, being two, three, sometimes four issues ahead of release schedules because these books need to get out on time and sometimes uh, people miss their deadlines or sometimes we mess up on our communication and we don't get the right deadlines. And sometimes you know people are people and things happen. So it's always a good thing to be ahead and be on and make sure that you're on time. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really good business business practice. You you seem to have you know rough guesstimate. You seem to have like a like a two month buffer um, from like when you release to when you really have to get that that fourth issue like to to press right so and you know you know not being on time was one of the the things that you know image is doing doing great now but you know early on when those guys got started they they were missing deadlines all all the time yeah i love that story (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that that kills publishers because Literally, like, yeah, because if a retailer likes your books but they can't trust you to be on time, then you're no, you're worthless to a retailer. Um, yeah, they yeah. don't get your book there on time. It doesn't go into their budget for that month, and then you just ate up what could have been another book for them. It could have been another sale for them. It's, it uh, being on time is very important. Yeah, no kidding. Now I'm gonna piggyback. No, sorry, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack to uh, uh, something that you mentioned earlier about pitches. So are you guys, um, Mad Cave, of course, you have the talent search going on now, but do you guys have um, like pitches coming in? Do you guys accept pitches? And then then from there, do you guys like find new series from those? So currently uh, we don't accept creator own projects. So that really comes down on pitches. Uh, When I say pitches, I mean, uh, coming internally from us, uh, editorial and mainly Mark, uh, we craft, say, like an idea or story or a pitch, basically, and then we reach out to creators or we uh, find people through talent search, and then we give them these ideas and these pitches and see what comes from that. Have you pitched some ideas in 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 in, in office? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a few, uh, but not you know. It's, it comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, it comes and goes, but it's more like um, a lot of the pitches that I gave uh, come from Mark London. Okay. Um, our CEO, our head, he's sort of like the mad genius behind everything. Okay. Um, but those geniuses go, that genius pitch ideas are usually not so genius an idea and exception. 
Um, so they go through editorial and just to, just today, me, Chris and Mark were in a meeting and we uh, went through some ideas in Mark's head. And, and as you know, as you're saying, me and Chris would, you know, have ideas. Okay, no, this would work better like this. This would be better. What if we uh, did this? Or it's very much uh, kind of a workshopping meeting and like you're just trying to make the best idea possible um, to give to someone just so they can sense, um, they can sense a story in there, they can sense what's behind this and how they can put their own uh, voice and spin on it. That sounds like a really fun process right there. Um, do you enjoy that aspect? Uh, yeah, that's some of my favorite. Like besides um, just working with writers and artists and or seeing pages come in and then seeing actual finished pages, though that inception moment, those uh, pitch meetings are some of my just great times at Mackay. That does sound awesome. Do you guys have like a, a whiteboard and stuff like that? Are you guys like writing diagrams and stuff as you uh, develop these? Yeah, Mark is a madman. Yeah. <laughs> Mark goes through, we have like uh, sort of like glass doors and we have like uh, some like ex some expos that can work on glass and he this just there's like does not even need for a window because it's like <laughs> it's with like a mad idea or that's well, so great because our whiteboards are just full of other stuff it's yeah it's wild. man that sounds like a blast so uh this is me just sort of trying to get some like uh you know inside uh, the industry um is one of the reasons for not accepting um, pitches uh, unsolicited, you, you just don't want to fall into that trap of you guys produce a book and then somebody comes and says, hey, I sent you guys a very similar idea eight months ago. What's, what's the deal with, uh, you know, this, this new title that is eerily similar to, to, to the idea? Not saying that that, that's, that is the case, but is that just sort of like a, a way to protect yourself against that? Um, so that's a huge uh, thing for every publisher, even if they do uh, like accept creator on ideas. Um, that's why most that do accept submissions also um, you have to send along some sort of signed agreement that you're not going to do that. Right. Because <laughs> uh, unsolicited, um, unsolicited work is very dangerous for a publisher to view and because of said reason. That's why we, anytime we get unsolicited, um, anytime we get any unsolicited pitches, we immediately uh, delete them and can't read them. That's just the name of the game. Uh, you can't really do that because of what you said makes us liable for certain things. Um, and even with our talent search, whenever we're um, evaluating ideas, it's through our own IP. And even right. then, sometimes we are liable sometimes we we would be liable if you're just sending an idea for even a story in the ip if we do something similar say in our story even though we thought of it way before or whatever mm -hmm. that's why we also do signed submission signed agreements basically um that come along with the talent search um submissions um but no uh, but yeah that's sort of like we when we when mark started the company he uh, wanted uh, a place sort of where people can come and just have fun with some ideas and just, you know, and not really own um, their things, but still have fun and still, you know, come, come in and do their work and be experimental and 
just have a place for um, these, just have a place for these like nice little freelance uh, people to get together and make cool, fun projects and have it be a part of this like the sort of well of, of mad inspiration and stuff. In that sound, it sounds like it is that kind of thing. And the titles that you guys have are a blast. And it's pretty cool to see such a wide variety of genres, you know, that you guys span action and horror, you know, that, that, that's pretty amazing in there. Um, is there a specific genre that you're sort of attracted to, like when it comes to developing stories for them? Um, attracted to, uh, I... I'm more on the lighter side of yeah. things. Yeah, more like the comedy, like sort of romance, sort of like that. Oh, cool. Uh, niche, um, something like that. So more on the lighter side. Um, doesn't mean I I don't have the you know the occasional crime in there. Um, but I'm more of the lighter side. Chris Fernandez deals with the heavy stuff. Okay. Um, not because I, I I can't do it, but it's more like yeah, I'm I'm more accustomed to it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's more vertigo and you're more Archie. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great though. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. What is it that you like about sort of the lighter stuff? Do you like sort of the, 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 the jokes and the timing that you can get out of things like that? Oh yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's really hard to make someone laugh. Yeah. Uh, in a comic page, especially visually. Um, so I find that just like in very, very endearing. I also love that, uh, I, I, am a more character based person than plot. Right. So I, I always love my great characters and sort of like these, how fun can this person be or how, um, how much weight can we add to this conversation here um, or how funny can we make this conversation be? That's really what gets me going in a story um, instead of like overarching plots. Um, not that there's, again, anything wrong with that. I, I love those just the same, but it, you know, I, Giant Days is one of my favorite books ever. And it's, and it's because every time I read an issue, I'm having a blast while reading it and can't put it down for that issue. That's gotta be great to have something to, to have a job where you can look forward to the stuff you're reading every day. That's pretty amazing yeah. right there. Um, so with, uh, with, with giant days, uh, do you have a pretty close working relationship with the creators there? Oh, giant days is a boom book. Oh, I'm but sorry. Also, I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's a book that I read. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a book that I read that I kind of like, I mold a lot of what I like as comics through Giant Days because it's very much uh, like it's a slice of life uh, book about uh, British girls in college. Uh, oh, yeah. Be, yeah. I know that book. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, oh, well, now on, on your recommendation, I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh, dude, it's yeah. like, what? A, it's top three books of all time for me. I, it, oh, wow. It, it's so enjoyable, just every page and every issue I get. It's great. Um, and it's the funniest book I've ever read. Um, but I get as much enjoyment as I would say uh, The Sandman or yeah. Watch or something like that because I, it's 
comic craft dialed in perfectly. Um, and it's so different from everything and it's just so enjoyable. So I try to mold um, what I'm doing sort of in a sense like that and sort of try to make every page worth it for someone reading it and try to make um, every page is filled with comic craft as much as that book is. You know, there is something to be said about comedy and comics and how it can be just, you know, we've been, we've been reading through on this podcast and we've been talking about um, the house and powers of X and Jonathan Hickman's really good with humor in his books as well through the dialogue. And sometimes, you know, sometimes in the timing of the panels and the pacing, which is pretty good. But like, I think the king of like, comedy and comics is like Matt Fraction, you know, yeah. like I just reading, I just re recently read for the first time Sex Criminals and like his use of panels and pacing in that book is just masterful and how he how he creates a joke. Yeah. I mean him and Chip Zdarsky are oh, both yeah. funny, funny people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just incredibly uh, funny. And they're also incredibly good both both show they're both incredibly good writers and yeah and it's really and it's not even just in the right dance way more in chip whenever he does visual gags they're pop off the page and they're great and they're funny um, oh yeah and mad fraction doesn't need dialogue to be funny no no he, it's 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 pretty amazing yeah yeah two very funny people that book is great uh but yeah and they both gone on to do a great stuff that you still still to this day it's great yeah. yeah it is it's such a great book yeah and now now i need to check out giant days because i'm always looking for that next good comedy comic um because yeah it's like you know it, it it's comedy across the board is more challenging so um are you developing for like the the books that are coming out in three to six months are you developing some more comical light-hearted uh character-based stuff uh yeah you could say that yeah. Okay. I'm not going to prod too much, but just knowing just a little bit of what to expect. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, so speaking about uh, things that are coming out, you guys are doing a 2019 talent search. Um, and I, I, uh, if I remember correctly, or is, is some of the announcements going to coincide with uh, New York uh, Comic-Con? Yes. Yeah, so we just sort of wrapped up, uh, the submission process mm -hmm. um, for our talent search and we got all the submissions in and we're actually on the last stage of, of uh, editorial reading through uh, the submissions and making our decisions of the four writers, four artists. Um, and those winners will be announced at New York Comic Con. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, and Show's End and Ringside, uh, those came out of last year's. Is, do I have that correct? It's uh, Show's End, Over the Ropes. Over the Ropes. And RV9. RV9. All, all three um, talent search sort of uh, projects. And um, so I had Anthony Cleveland, the, the writer of Show's End, on a, a previous episode um, and if I remember correctly, he was teamed up with a, uh, a an artist who won the the talent search. Is, is that correct? Yes, uh, Jeff Sedinsky. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, that's how we do our talent search books are usually uh, both talent search winners, uh, the writer and artist. Um, okay. We try to pair up uh, what would make sense on a book. Um, 
to to the writer and to the artist um, and try to see what makes it work. Uh, this year might be a little different, but uh, we'll see how that goes. It's or when we announce it, that'll be uh, more definitive information. Okay, very cool. Um, so uh, I have a question just as far as like getting eyeballs or, or getting books in the uh, books on the shelves as a uh, indie publisher. What are some of the what are some of the challenges you 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 see there? Um, it's always comes it always comes down to marketing and how much uh, money you can put behind a book. Obviously, we, we don't have the budget DC or Marvel does. Um, so that's always a problem. Well, not a problem, but more of a uh, limitation that all indie books have. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have more freedom on what we can do and more... A lot of people's favorite, or like when I talk to people or when I talk to even just people at the comic shop or, or anything, a lot of people's like favorite book isn't Superman or it isn't Batman. I'm sure you're enjoying those books. You buy those books. You, um, I'm loving what Bendis is doing on Superman right now. Um, but uh, my favorite book is not a DC or, uh, or Marvel book. It's Deadly Class or Image or something like that. And that's, I find that to be the case more and more recently. Um, yeah, I definitely thing. see that too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's these, these indie books that you can see yourselves in and that can... Um, you're more relatable or they have more freedom to do what they, what they want to do. Um, so I can definitely, so that's something that I see can get more people in stores, you know, getting more. And especially now that their indie books are mimicking more of the TV shows that are coming out right now that are super popular. Um, that's, that's something um, that can, we can use to our advantage. It's like, yeah, Deadly Class just had a TV show come out. and um, only got it one season, but it was great. Um, these are things that are uh, popular now in the pop culture that can relate to that can relate to comic readers and can bring people to stores and can make um, indie comics actually worth it for retailers, which you couldn't say that you know ten years, fifteen years ago. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, you know, and like, I, I don't necessarily believe in writing a comics for the sole purpose, like for the sole purpose of pitching it to a TV network or anything like that. Yeah. You know, the, the, this, the key thing is to write a story, but with how many comics are being picked up by TV shows just goes to show the strength of the medium and how mm -hmm. it can be used so that like when like a studio exec picks it up, you know, he's basically got like the first draft of a spec script right there. And then, and it's easy to like, you know, with something like deadly class, you get hooked on that immediately from the first couple pages and you just get sucked into those characters um, right from the start. And um, yeah, it's just, it just goes to show the strength of the medium, especially in the hands of like, you know, uh, creatives and uh, a good creative team. So what is the, uh, what is your con presence like? Are you guys uh, trying to, to hit all of the, the major cons? I mean, it seems like from about uh, April till about October, there's, there's, a, there, there's a con somewhere uh, every weekend. Uh, so are you guys uh, constantly uh, moving around from, from city to city to try to get your presence out there at cons? Um, we're 
trying to see what strategy works for us if we go to more cons or you just hit more or just have a bigger presence at the cons that we go to mm-hmm. um really the, this year was a big um we went to five this year yeah we're going to go to five because we're going to new york and baltimore uh nice. next month um, oh man awesome but yeah but before that we went to like emerald city rose city and denver yeah so we went to five this year um and they're the we went to all pretty like big shows mm-hmm. um year, i don't know if we're going to more or we're just like going to about the same amount but going to like different ones uh our con um our con schedule and our con presence is sort of fluid at the moment as we don't really know how it really like we love going to shows we love meeting fans we will never not be say at new york because new york's our biggest show or or probably going to emerald city again next year for the third time um these are shows that we obviously um love being and love to go um but there are certain ones like how i i you know we're sort of working on our con schedule Okay. Yeah. So that probably makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, you know, you figure out which ones work for you and stick with mm-hmm. those, you know, reach out, try a few If those don't work, you know, maybe you, you pull back uh, from those. So it's probably uh, similar for, for a lot of, uh, you know, very similar thing to somebody who has an artist alley table. They might, they might find shows that, uh, that work better for them. And, you know, they go out and they try another one, find out, Hey, that one's not really, uh, you know, my scene and I, I didn't do so well. So they might, uh, they might, you might skip that one, pull back from, from similar shows. So it's probably a similar process, right? Yeah. It's always trial and error for, with comics and especially um, you, it's not even just on the publishing side, but also on like, what are you doing marketing wise or what are you doing for cons, everything like that. That's, it's always trial and error and seeing what works. Like if, if, if you go to a show and it doesn't work, um, the chances of it working next year are p- kind of slim. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom. That's just how it is. And if you can be using um, those resources to go to another show or put it towards a, a really, really cool creator that you want to work with, uh, you have to weigh the pros and cons of that. Um, but that's always something that we're striving to do. We're striving to get better at what we do, not just publishing editorial or anything, but marketing and and cons and everything as far as like the team that you guys try to get to um cons do you guys try to get your writers and your artists to go with you guys to man the booths as well or is it mostly um you and chris and mark manning these tables at the conventions well mark is what mark is sort of our writer on a lot of our books so that Uh helps yeah Uh, that helps a lot um, for the big shows like New York and Emerald city. We try to get writers and artists um, to go. We've had most of our artists are international. So that uh, hits a little snag. Yeah. Well. Flying people out uh, for Florida Supercon, which we went to this year. Uh, we actually flew out uh, our artists for nice little going sun since it's our hometown con. And we um, like use the money that we would have for shipping um, to fly them out. And that was actually a really great, show for us um because yeah having an artist there is great uh, having writers there is great uh, for us if we would have a writer or an artist there at every con it, that would be perfect but sometimes uh budgets don't work out that way or 
something just doesn't work out that way. So yeah, it's either, you know, we have a decent sized office here now. We have like about five, five people working full time. So that's, nice. that helps of people like when it comes to like just public or publisher Alex or PR manager Alex, cause there's, we have five people in the office and two, two of them are named Alex and two of them are named Chris. <laughs> There's a type. I get it. Okay. If we want to get hired, we got to change our names. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Communication in the office is sometimes at an all time low. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, to, that we have a lot of whatnot. Like we have a fair amount of people that can be like, Oh, for New York, uh, these amount of people are going for Baltimore. These two are going. So it works out. Very cool. So uh, Noah, why don't we uh, bring this to an end? Uh, do you have any? Uh, do you have any uh, final questions for Chris? Yeah, a lot of them, but they all have to do with those series that are coming out, and I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> so I'm I'm very excited to see what comes out of it, and to pick up some more Mad Cave books and uh, and read what everybody's doing because uh, talking with you tonight is really. Um, you know, really inspired me to pick up some more books and just to read comics in general. Uh, it's always cool to also to just hear about another aspect of comics making. So your insight into what it's like to be an editor is, is something we haven't yet seen on this podcast. So it was really great to have your expertise here to, to sort of explain what an editor does. And we'd love to have you back on again to talk about it more. Yeah, especially, especially when those those uh, series that you have to be a little vague about uh, now, you know, maybe when more details are, are uh, out there, maybe we, we can have you back. Um, so for people who are like Noah, who want to be able to follow more series, why don't you let people know where they can find you and find uh, information about Mad Cave uh, online? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find, uh, Mad Cave Studios, uh, at Mad Cave Studios on pretty much every, uh, or at least the main social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, uh, also madcavestudios.com there you can find out all information about that. If you want to, you know, badger me, uh, personally, uh, you can go to why the last Chris, cause I love old school vertigo <laughs> as well. well. Very cool. Well, Is mid, it really that mid, old? I'm joking. Mid vertigo. <laughs> I okay. Guess. Yeah. Awesome. Old school, way more. But yeah. So yeah, yeah no, about, we, I'm sorry, five, I was talking over you. No, in a couple months or so, uh, I would have there would be some series announced. So I could definitely come back and when they're announced, then I could talk to you more in depth about stuff. But and I'll oh. be glad to come back on. Yeah. yeah, we we'd appreciate it in a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we could maybe take a deeper dive uh, into you know being an editor um, on, on a new series and, and all the work that goes in, into that. So uh, I want to thank you for for being on again. This was a uh, uh, like like Noah said, this was a, another aspect of creating comics that we hadn't been able to touch on. So it was nice to see, you know, uh, a little bit behind the scenes. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. It was uh, I always love talking about the process and comics. It's you know I talk about it all day, and I could talk about it even more after work day's over. It's cool. Oh, Very that's cool. a job right there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for for joining us. Um, if they want to give us a follow on social media, we are on Twitter at Construct Compod. We are on Instagram 
at Constructing Comics Pod, and we are on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Constructing Comics. We also have a YouTube channel under the same name of Constructing Comics, where we do some of our more visually heavy uh, episodes. And um, I'll have links to our social media and uh, Mad Cave social media in our show notes. I'd like to thank everybody and encourage everybody to go out there and make some comics. And we'll be back with a, another episode uh, very soon. Thank you. Goodbye.